morning, not only are we talking about light, we're talking about salt. And I'm just going to jot down some uh, kind of homemade cures here, I guess, for different things. You can use salt to treat canker sores. A little bit of salt and some warm water and rinse your mouth, and it helps in the aid, aids in the healing of your canker sore. How many knew that? Okay, you already knew that. Good. Uh, did you know that you can deal with heartburn by taking some baking soda, which baking soda is a, you know, a form of salt, uh, and uh, baking soda is kind of a natural antacid, so uh, drinking a little bit of baking soda. Did you know that would help? Well, go try it. I don't know if that works or not, but that's what that said. That's what the internet said, okay, right? Uh, bug bites or stings, you can uh, make a paste from baking soda. Uh, make a paste and apply that to a sting or a bite, and it's supposed to help with the healing. Uh, of course, sore throat, gargling uh, with uh, salt water. I've done that. Have you done that too? Yeah, okay. Uh, your tired feet, soak in Epsom salt. Okay, that's supposed to help. Again, we're talking about some of the healing properties of salt. Uh, teeth stains. Okay, you want to deal with those stains on your teeth? Brush with baking soda. Have you heard of that one before? Yeah. Uh, how about this one? Bad breath. Half a teaspoon in a cup of water, rinse. It's supposed to help with the bad breath. All right? So that's a little bit about salt. Well, anyhow, we're talking about salt and light. Let me invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 as we talk about being salt and light. This morning, we are breaking away with our, from our series in Romans. We'll return to Romans next week. But uh, we are looking at salt and light, and there's a reason why we have chosen this, or I have chosen this passage this morning. Uh, I guess it's really more appropriate to say we have, and I'll let you know more about that in time. But salt and light. Anyhow, Matthew chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 13, and we're reading about not only salt, but light, and here's what the passage says. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or in a sock. Okay? Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Well, this morning as we take a look at this passage together, and if you have your bulletin, you may follow along in that outline. It's a real simple outline. Uh, point number one is you are, okay? That's point number one, you are. Here's what I want you to do. Take a look at verse 13 to begin with. Notice how it begins. You are the salt of the earth. That's in verse 13. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Note, Jesus did not say, you know, you could be the salt of the earth or the light of the world. Uh, and, and God and Jesus never did say, you know, if you want to be, you could be salt or you could be light. Well, the scripture says this, you are, okay, you are salt. You are light. 
Jesus is not only talking to his disciples here, uh, but he's talking to us as well. The very fact that you are a follower of Jesus Christ means that you are salt and light. You don't get to choose. You do not wait until the conditions are right and then you become salt and light. The passage is clear. You are salt. You are light. In an episode from the classic TV series from the 1960s, uh, The Andy Griffith Show, uh, Andy Taylor, the sheriff of Mayberry, is out of town. His deputy, Barney Fife, is in charge, and he has deputized the local mechanic, Gomer Pyle. The the two deputies are walking down the street one evening when they notice that someone is robbing the bank. They quickly duck behind a car, then afraid, and, and they don't know exactly what to do. And finally, Gomer looks at Barney and says excitedly, Shazam! We need to call the police! In utter exasperation, Barney shoots back, Gomer, we are the police! We could say that same thing, sort of same thing about the church when it comes to salt and light. You are the salt and light. You don't have time to call somebody. Hey, we need some salt. We need some light over here. You are salt and light. Point number two, let's take a look at verse 13. So the point I want to, in point one there is to focus on and emphasizes the you are, okay? It's not a maybe, it's not a might, it's not waiting for the conditions to be right. God says you are. Point number two, you are what? You are salt, it says. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Now salt has always been a valuable commodity. Let me share some things about salt. Number one, wars have been fought over salt. Even as recent as the Civil War, um, there is a battle called the Battle of Saltville that, that occurred in Smith County, Virginia. And here the, we've learned in the history that the Union destroys the salt mine productions in that area in Saltville in order to cripple the supply provisions for the Confederate army. So wars have been fought over salt. Number two, uh, during Roman times, during the Roman times, salt was paid to the soldiers. Uh, have you heard the phrase, uh, he's not worth his salt? Mm-hmm. Well, they say that comes from back in the Roman times because soldiers, uh, part of their pay uh, for serving, the emperor was to receive a a portion of salt. And from that practice comes that adage, you're not worth your salt. Number three, salt is for flavoring food. You guys know this. Popcorn without salt is not very tasty. Amen? Okay. 
In fact, I would argue that popcorn without butter is not worth eating. So I'm wondering if maybe verse 13 would be more accurate if, paraphrase this, was, you are the salt and butter of this world, or of the earth, okay? You bet. So flavoring, salt brings flavoring. Uh, salt is also important in preserving food, preserving food. Dennis Kinlaw, former Asbury Theological Seminary professor, he also served as president of that, that, uh, that college, that seminary. Well, he tells a story about growing up in rural Lumberton, North Carolina during the Depression. It was Dennis's job as a young boy to rub salt into the meat that his father brought home from his hunting. He would rub the salt into the meat until his young muscles ached. And finally, when it was thoroughly salted, he would hang it up in the storehouse. One day, company arrived, so Dennis's mother asked him to get some pork out of the storehouse. Dennis ran out, got a piece of pork off a hook, and brought it into the kitchen. He laid it on his mother's cutting board and left the room. The boy was just about out the front door when he heard his mother yell, Dennis! Young Dennis knew from experience that whenever his mother screamed his name like that, he was in trouble. So he slowly turns around. His head is hung low. He's going to take his medicine from his mom. But looking up at his mother from the doorway, he noticed that she was not glaring at him, but rather staring down at the meat. Dennis looked and noticed something unusual. He would say that it was the first time in his life that he ever saw meat move. Stepping closer, he noticed maggots pouring out of this slice of pork that his mother had cut into. Dennis thought for sure he was going to get it. But all mom said was this. Not enough salt, Dennis, not enough salt. Now, the tendency today is that we want to blame media or Hollywood or the liberal schooling that seems to be evident in most institutions or the government, we want to blame the government for the decay of our culture. But maybe, just maybe, the real problem is not enough salt. If we, if we feel the world is decaying all around us, the problem may be not enough salt. In addition to being salt, Scripture tells us you are light. So let's take a look at that at this time. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Well, light dispels darkness. Um, you know, deep, deep darkness can be scary. It seems that in darkness, that's when our imaginations go wild. We envision creepy things. 
lurking in our bedroom. We, we envision animals outside by the dumpster as we carry the trash out into the alley. But when the light is turned on, our fears are dispelled. It wasn't as bad as we thought. So light dispels darkness. Light also illuminates danger. It illuminates danger. Obstacles that have the potential of tripping us or causing us to stumble are revealed when the light is turned on. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. What does it look like being light? Here's a story. Dialing the wrong phone number can be awkward, embarrassing, and sometimes downright frustrating. When a young man forgot to notify his grandmother of a change in his cell number before Thanksgiving, however, the result was touching. Wanda Dench texted a number that had originally been her grandson's, invited him over for Thanksgiving dinner. Instead of her grandson, Grandma Wanda um, texted a 17-year-old named Jamal Hinton. The two figured out the mistake quickly, but Jamal asked if it was still possible to get a plate. In grandmotherly fashion, uh, Grandma Wanda responded, Of course you can. That's what grandmas do. The story went, on, went viral online, and when asked about the, enc- the encounter after that Thanksgiving, uh, this young man, Jamal, said, You know, I'm thankful for all the nice people in the world. I never met Grandma Wanda, and she welcomed me into her house. So that shows me how great of a person she is. Well, if the church takes its mission to love its neighbors seriously, a few words in this story could be easily replaced. Remember, Grandma Wanda says, of course, that's what grandmothers do. What if we change the words? Of course you can. That's what Christians do. I'm thankful for all the Christians in the world. I never met her. I never met him. But she, he welcomed me into their home. So that shows me that the love of God is inside them. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Why this particular message on this Sunday morning? Well, we wanted to kind of prime the pump, so to speak. We wanted to introduce to you, the church body of Harvest, that there is a ministry being established, and that is the ministry ministry entitled Thrive. And Thrive is a ministry to the 
uh, more mature, the, the seniors of our church body, if you will. Um, and so we wanted to introduce that to you because uh, the dynamics of uh, harvest, when I say dynamics, I'm talking about, you know, the age and so forth. It's kind of changing. Probably 10 years ago, we were, you know, 45 to 55. You had 10 more years. Um, the demographic of harvest has changed a little bit. So we're, we're developing. We, uh, God has blessed us with a, uh, a more mature crowd. And so we want to put a ministry in place to come alongside our mature believers and uh, walk with them in life. And so we are setting up Thrive. Uh, the leadership team consists of Paul Chaffin, and he's our lead. And uh, so he is kind of overseeing this, and he'll be the point person. He's the one to talk to regarding Thrive. But in addition to uh, Paul, we also have Dave and Denise Floyd serving on this leadership team, as well as Neil and Lori uh, Tacky. So uh, these are some individuals that are serving that. But here's what Thrive is all about. I mean, it's about being salt and light to one another. And uh, in this particular ministry, Thrive, where there's three things that we're going to look at together and work on together, I'm going to just mention one, and that one is this, relationships. We want to work at establishing relationships with one another. We do want to rub shoulders with one another. We want to know about each other. And so that is one of the ingredients regarding Thrive. So we're going to have work focused on relationships. But in addition to relationships, there's two more. And those are going to be shared next week, all right? So I'm baiting you. But next week, let me just share this. Next week, we are going to have a potluck dinner for our seniors following our church service. Uh, it, it is a Mexican theme, so I think everything is pretty much provided, except uh, we're going to encourage our seniors, if you're interested in the Thrive Ministry, we're encouraging you to bring uh, a side dish, whether it be a salad or a dessert. But the main course, I think it's tacos. Am I right in that, guys? Yep, it's going to be tacos, and the fixings are all provided, so come and be a part of that. Uh, now, we want you to be a th part of Thrive, but you need to decide if you think you are a thriver, okay? Meaning you need to determine if you fit into that group. Uh, we're saying, you know, Thrive from 55 on up, okay? 55, Thrive kind of... You know, kind of goes together. You're with me? Uh, not Okay, never mind. But anyhow, you need to decide if you fit into Thrive, okay? And we want you. Some of you may say, you know what? I may not be 55 or I'm, you know, I'm only 56 or whatever. Do I fit? Well, come. Please come. We want you to be a part of Thrive if you think so. So here's what's happening. This week, you will receive a letter. Uh, we're going to mail it you know, through the mail with an official stamp on it. We're inviting those who we think would fall in the category of Thrive. So this letter is not meant to insult you, okay? So if you get a letter from us, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, okay? <laughs> All right? Um, but uh, we're just inviting you to check it out. You know, you may think like, hey, I don't really fit with that group. That, that's fine, okay? Um, but we would like you to come and have a taco with us. And it's at that time, we'll have a little more informational meeting. We're going to talk about how it's important to develop relationships, but there's a couple of other things that we'd like to share with you, and Paul will talk about that in more detail next Sunday. So next Sunday, uh, we're going to have that little potluck. Uh, it's Mexican-themed tacos. Bring a side, you know, whether it be a salad or a dessert, and come and join us. 
you will receive, like I said, a letter that's informing you of that very thing. That'll come to you this week, all right? So that's part of one of our ways of being salt and light. We've been working on this ministry. We're seeking God's blessing on it. We want you to be a part of it if that's what you desire. And and we're going to begin being salt and light to one another. But of course, as you know, this passage goes beyond just our church body. That's where we begin. But salt and light, if it's really functioning properly, it gets out. And that's what we want to do. We want to get out, outside this building, okay, and begin touching other people's lives. So that's what's coming your way, and that's kind of the the reasoning behind uh, focusing on salt and light this morning. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for considering the ministry Thrive. We're excited about it. There's good things coming Harvest Way because of of, uh, Thrive. Let's pray together. And uh, we'll dismiss out. Lord, Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the challenge of being salt and light. But also, Lord, thank you for those individuals who have a heart to minister to our uh, mature uh, members of Harvest by investing in their lives. And we continue to ask you for your leading as well as your blessing on the ministry called Thrive as it comes together, as it's developed, and as it's implemented. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.